This is the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 293. I'm your host, Brian. Join me this evening, Ian. Yeah, I'm here. Wow. Are you excited? I am excited. You know, I haven't said my name. You're kind of like, Ian. Well, it's because Mac's not here, and he's usually the first, and then it was like, oh, yeah, Ian. But, of course, so, you're not the only one. I, I'm just like the, the background thoughts. Like, oh, yeah, Ian exists. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. But, I see how it is. But but even bigger news, we have the dumbass himself. I cannot do that, Brian. I cannot open the podcast bay doors. <clears throat> you will die in the cold, lonely vacuum of cyberspace. Well, that's quite unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, I still, that I think that's a great movie. I still, that, that movie just is awesome. I mean, it's a... It's a pretty good movie, especially for its time. Although the ending was just seems like confusing for confusion for confusion's sake. You think so? I mean, all of Kubrick's movies have an element to that, don't they? Yeah, I suppose they do. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I oh, think has that, Mad Cat joined us now? I don't know. Did it have Mad Cat? Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think that Georgie and Armand are up to anything. No, not the new update I'm on. Still working on the third novel. Although, please, please, please go buy all the old stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain there are people out there in this world that do not own a copy. So, <laughs> yeah, well, get on that, people. Well, I guess. Uh, I mean, we're going to be doing lots of AI talk, so we'll leave Hal for later. And uh, I guess it's time for Ian and Dumbass's masturbation moment. It's time for Ian and Dumbass's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. And of course, and today I guess this is via Howard... And uh, he, and we have a we have a a lovely heartwarming story about sex dolls. Not sure if you'd call it heartwarming, but definitely uh, very socially forward in uh, trying to pick people who enjoy the the company fictional boyfriends or girlfriends uh, in a more positive light. Well, the initial story of a forty five year old woman who basically her sex toy helped save her marriage. It's kind of heartwarming. Yeah, I mean, because... A little, I mean, like, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, she doesn't go into detail about uh, uh, her relationship uh, with her husband now, but uh, the this woman, her husband, no, it, uh, it, it became paralyzed. Uh, and, of course, uh, that um, caused him to uh, not be able to have sex with her. Um, and so um, she, she wanted to have a... Did it, 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 it even, like, their... He, they didn't want he didn't want to cuddle because uh he knew it wouldn't go anywhere and she she didn't want to like get a boy toy because she was afraid she'd have feelings for him and so this seemed like the perfect solution and it's and it sounds like it it at least worked uh, to to I mean, some extent right solution, i mean, but, uh, I mean uh, the, this is uh, uh the kind of uh intimacy and comfort that uh we as humans often crave um that uh uh, there might be a different way to get that uh, than with uh, other human beings, and people paint that as pathetic or whatever. But uh, 
uh, for a lot of people, this is something that works for their uh, emotional well-being. You know, I can see. I mean, I can see it as being a, a a substantial loss. I mean, so he. I mean, in, not his fault, but he, now he's paralyzed from the waist down. So what? What do you do? Right. And and his and his option to find a you know a friends with benefits. Um, I think that's a reasonable option. Um, Me too. And but, it's it's a shame that in in our society we would put so much. Uh, uh, emotion. I, I think a, a lot of it is societal. I mean, not fully, but uh, we put so much emotion on uh, the act of having sex that uh, we, we uh, often want to like uh, put a whole lot of other feelings into it, um, and uh, we're not used to treating sex as just sex. Right, but in her case, that wasn't an option that she wanted to pursue either. Right. Right. So she. Right, yeah. So they yeah, had to find it, a compromise. And, and it was because uh, she was afraid of uh, getting feelings uh, for uh, for a uh, friends with benefits. Well, and she probably would, and, and that's and that's okay too. I mean, that, that, I mean, it's a different topic, but yeah, it's okay. But it's okay to have feelings for other people than your significant other. Oh, certainly it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the, uh, what I'm getting at is that uh, the fact that. Uh, uh, she uh, she feels like her her husband needs to be uh, the uh, and the the one thing guy who provides everything to her um, and she can't uh, get other stuff from another man like the the emotion bundled up into that is, is what I'm uh, talking about our sure. societal yeah idea that we need that and um, and uh, it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy because you grow up with the, these ideas and that is what you need so I'm not suggesting that. She needs to throw away those ideas. That's a, a harder thing to do than uh, uh, just saying it would imply. Absolutely. And you're right. It's societal. I mean, it, it, because it, a lot of evidence is showing us that that's not how we started as humans. Mm-hmm. Right? That's something we, we grew into uh, later. Right. Probably. I mean, I get the, there's no way to know for sure. Mm. So. But uh, yeah, the um, people uh, often um, uh, get judged for the kind of thing. Um, oh yeah, that's one thing she even talked about. about. Yeah, her uh, mom. Her, her mom apparently doesn't approve of this. Her mom would rather her have an actual um, lover than use a doll. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know that I understand that necessarily. How is? I mean, how is? I mean, really? I mean, how is one better than the other? If yeah. the person is getting what they need, this reminds me because, like, I've uh, read a number of articles recently about uh, uh, a lot of people. Um, it's uh, it's generally like uh, male uh, males who uh, fall into this category, but there are women uh, actually find uh, a lot of uh, comfort and pleasure in having a fictional lover. The idea in, in uh, Japanese, uh, it would be called like a waifu having. Like a lot of the time, they have some mm. uh, doll or something that they call their wife and take with them, and uh, yeah. um, it, it's uh, it, it's it's strange and it's uh, ridiculed by a lot of people. But for for a lot of people, these uh, this kind of thing provides them a lot of uh, mental mental health support and comfort yeah. that they're not getting otherwise. Uh, and uh, like to, to to draw our judgment on uh, on that, I think is a little unfair. There's an there's yeah. an interesting um, Netflix show. I think it's called Sex Life. And the woman in in that show, she um, had they, they show her in her early days having this this wild sex with you know the, this person, and 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 she goes on. She ends up marrying somebody who's 
kind of vanilla, and they don't have that same relationship. And at some point, it becomes you know she she's she starts to to want that again, right? And she's and she and this old boyfriend shows up of hers, and we, we, you see that the the differences between what each person provides her and it's very different that her husband provides her with with certain things and this other boyfriend provides her with something else something that, right. that that's not being fulfilled by her husband and and at first she thinks she thinks that she can she can let that go and just be with her husband but at the end of the but at the end of the episode she or at the end of the season she tells her husband um I still love you but I'm going to but I'm going to go get this too and of course, we don't know where that ends up. And I think they actually might be doing a, a second season of of that show, which might be interesting to to see how that evolves. But the idea that you know, that one person is going to be able to fulfill all your needs for you isn't always true. Yeah, yeah. And we, we've talked about that multiple times now with the um, you know polyamorous culture and stuff. Yep. So to me, some of the interesting stuff here is they talk about how. Um, in general, sex toys are, um, designed and bought for women, but the sex doll industry almost exclusively caters to men. So it was, it's an interesting twist in that where, you know, what, what level, you know, women can just handle the, you know, the, the simple dildos and vibrators while men seem to be more interested in the full figure of, um, the woman body kind of thing. Yeah. And is any of that true? I think it somewhat is. Uh, is um, it? You know, I, I think men like... It's hard to know uh, what uh, the dark number is and, uh, like, how many women uh, would uh, uh, feel uh, comfortable buying a sex doll if there was uh, less societal um, judgment of it. Uh, I mean, there's a societal judgment on it, on males on that as well, but uh, we seem to be a little more willing to shirk that. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're seeing more, you know, robot heads of women. We're seeing, and and certainly there, you can buy it. You can go buy a, um, a, just a vagina, right, or just a butt, right. You can buy the pieces. You can buy the boobs, right. right? You can buy the individual pieces, um, and 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 then and then duct tape them together and create an abomination. <laughs> 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 right, so I mean, you you got to wonder though. I mean, some of that might be financial, not just because of finances, mm -hmm. right? That, that they can't just afford a whole doll. Um, because I, I I can kind of see where I'd rather have the whole doll than just the individual pieces. Yeah, and, but I, I think that is more of a male thing than a female thing. I, I really yeah, do. You know, I, I think uh, I think when um, uh, when uh, robot sex dolls will actually take off is when they learn to clean themselves. Yeah, here's yeah. the thing: is I, I I think that we the the idea that it might be a male thing is certainly seems like it is, but I'm just wondering if it's a thing only because women haven't spoke up about it, right? We we know that men feel that way. Do do we know actually how women feel about about having sex? I think sometimes men are, are much more vocal about what they want, at least publicly, uh, maybe not mm -hmm. to their partner, but uh, than men are, or than yeah. Women may might maybe maybe they want the exact same thing, but are more reserved about it. Too bad, Mad Cat's uh, not able to get on tonight. We could ask her how she'd feel about replacing uh, her hubby with a sex doll. Yeah, right, because that that can't go badly. <laughs> um, I don't want to replace my woman. Call to take I don't want to make. replace my I... wife with a sex doll. That that that's not you know that that's certainly not what I want to do, right? But you know this might be good for that threesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's close enough to hear me or not. 
<laughs> well, I can very much see it being something a man is more comfortable with. It's like, okay, my wife's cheating on me with a sex doll instead of uh, another guy. I, I can see a lot of men being more comfortable with that. Yeah. I, I, well, I can see, you know... It, so, if, so you're suggesting women who uh, who want to have sex with other guys start off with the sex doll. Get them, they can get them afford a it. little more... <laughs> Uh, uh, in the in the mindset of of accepting uh, her, her wife uh, on another uh, male shaped uh, body, I I think there are men out there who uh, who um would be more comfortable. It, it won't be the same. It won't be a threat to them in the same ways. I I think that there's some truth to that. At least it doesn't seem like the same threat. But is it? But it it could also be that it isn't any different. I don't know, but uh, with guy culture, if that guy's friend finds out that his wife has a male sex doll, he's mm. gonna get ribbed for that. This is true. It's very interesting. Were there more stories in here? I read the first story, but what, are there other stories of, of people? Not other stories. Just more or less going some facts and details about um. The I sex think they mentioned uh, another story uh, down below, didn't they? Uh, Oh, we um might be. Uh, Let's see. Lily, yeah, there's a Lily. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, another story down here about an uh, older woman who was frustrated uh, by the lack of sex dolls. Didn't feel comfortable um, with a, a a male sex doll that uh, uh, looked like a teenager or twenty something. There is some age discrimination here, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So she had to buy a uh, a younger look. Well, the older dolls are where uh, they, they do sell them, but they you have to pay a lot more money for them. So you older, have to get a, a younger sex doll and age him. I was going to say, you know, the older ones, the, you know, they're 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 older because they're aged, right? They're like a fine wine. That that isn't that is an interesting problem that I wouldn't have considered that um, that that you know that somebody is going to want a, a sex doll that's older. Um, I don't know if it's a sex doll if I care that it looks like a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old. I'm not sure how I feel about that. And it's somewhat what you're wanting to get out of it. I mean, if, if all you want is a quick um, orgasm, you, it, it, it's not quite as important. But if you're wanting something to kind of cuddle up with and stuff, you want to make it f- comfortable to you. You want to make it something you desire. It's an interesting thought. The age of the sex doll is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the presentation of the age of the sex doll. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I want a fifteen-year-old sex doll. <laughs> it needs to. It needs you know, because it. You know, the, the latex sure is probably falling apart by then. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but uh, let, let's think about it here. There is a certain profile. I mean, we say. I was saying when I was thinking fifteen years, I'm thinking something that you know it's been around for fifteen years. You know, because because silicone oh, ages. Okay. Um, but you, but let's think about it. Is there? It, it, I mean, if some people have certain urges that they can't act on, would a sex doll be a way to fulfill those urges? Mm, well, that's one he, of those uh, questions that are a little disturbing to think about. A sex doll is definitely not going to say no to your kinks. Well, yeah, but here's the thing: is that <laughs> as long as you're willing to clean them up afterwards, the the idea of buying a six year old sex doll is creepy to me. I mean, uh, yeah, that, uh, I mean, like, even if those were available, who would walk into a store to buy them? It would have to be online. Well, yeah, uh, but, 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 but think about it. Is that okay? I mean, I, I don't have any moral objections to it personally. I mean, like, it's one of those things, of course, you, you, you think about and, uh, you get the icky feeling about it. 
Um, yep, I get that. I mean, and 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 I and I think people will make the argument uh, that um, it will uh, spur them to uh, want. Uh, 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 well, it's. Uh, I think we talked about this last time. There's this whole idea that uh, uh, types of pornography will spur you to want more and more extreme versions of that. Um, and that's been kind of that's been disproven. Yeah, that, that's being disproven. But pe- people still are still going to make that argument, and it's going to be something that makes sense to a lot of people. That oh, if we if we uh, uh, actively encourage this, the next step, uh, slippery slope, they're going to rape an actual child. Yeah, and I um, and my feeling is is that it's probably the opposite, right? That that this could probably prevent them from acting this out on a child. Uh, possibly, you're but, right. I, I would tend to agree on that, but but uh, there's also another... I wouldn't want be I wouldn't want to to be the one presenting uh, that uh, product idea at uh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> that would not go over no, well. No, I, th- I I think I I think I agree with that as well. <laughs> <laughs> can you can, can, yeah where, where did where did they have the sex doll was that uh ces <laughs> <laughs> later as so i was I, call I it imagine, making my I, I imagine uh when the technology gets good enough that uh sex robots are a common thing that uh uh some company will be the first uh, to make this, and there will be a big social outcry. I, uh, I'll, I'm betting that'll happen sometime in the next few decades. <laughs> I think. It, I think it. I mean, honestly, I think it's a question that needs to be answered. Um, not that I think that we had that there are a, a lot of pedof- pedophiles necessarily. Um, I think it's a, a a very extreme minority of people, but certainly when they do act on that, it, and we find out about it, I mean, it's it it's awful. Right. So what 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 how do, how do we help those people so that they don't act out on it? So I don't you know. know it's just, um, uh, yeah, uh, I guess uh, I guess some people who are like uh, I guess uh, really tortured. Uh, there are some people who maybe uh, uh, have uh, urges that they find really hard to control or something. I don't know, um, but like I was saying to you last time, I think the majority of people, no matter what their urges are. Um, they're able to put them in perspective and be like, you know, like, uh, like any urge you have, there are, there are women who are off limits to you. I agree. Um, yep. and, and it's not the end of the world that, uh, there's a, a, a figure out there who you're sexually attracted to, who you're not able to have sex with. Right. So, yeah, no, I agree. People should, people should be able to control their urges. Um, but they, but I think that counseling is one way for people to talk about that. But if they can't talk about that in counseling, um, where do they talk about it? And I, and there have been issues. Yeah, yeah with that's that. a good question because, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm betting that people with these desires often feel like very frustrated that they, 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 they feel probably conflicted and frustrated that they can't talk about this with anything. Who, who would you? us to talk about that with they, you, you should be able to talk about it to talk to it about a therapist as long as you haven't acted on it and so right. I, but i would still be nervous about talking to my therapist about it oh yeah can you imagine yeah I, exactly but well, they, we, we we've really gone astray of the actual topic haven't we <laughs> we, we have yes <laughs> <laughs> but going back stuff like lily is talking about how um see actually wants to take her doll out and um she put a sign around him saying i'm an emotional support companion my human companion has ptsd and severe anxiety please do not approach us do not photograph us and please don't touch me okay Mm. so you know 
you can see that you know there's a therapeutic thing to it. Yep. And I agree. you know it, it's doing no harm. So it, if she's getting something from it, it's helping her um adjust adjust and um deal with her anxiety issues and such. Great. <sighs> So, you know, I, I think uh, most of us have something unusual that gives us comfort. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, let, let's uh, let's try to uh, withhold judgment from people who are doing unusual things that uh, works uh, to help maintain their mental health. Yeah. The problem is conservatives brains do not work that way. <laughs> and whether it's harming them or not, they 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 are going to want to stop it because they think it's icky. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're seeing too much of that. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting. All right. Ian's got one for us. 20 things that you think are natural that aren't. Is that what it is? Yeah. So I'm not going to go into detail on all of them, but there's a few real interesting ones in this list. So this is a cracked article. Um, I haven't done cracked in a while, surprisingly. <laughs> I used to do them all the time, but this is the one I found, and this fits my the, the, the way I like to look at things and. Uh, you know, just okay. We we don't under you know the world is not what we understand it to be so many times, and this is a great one on that. You know, the first one, the basic black olives that are out there don't occur naturally. They're actually green olives that have been processed to make them into black olives. Why? Because apparently someone decided they like black olives. Do they taste Bru- different? Well, okay, but here's the thing: is that uh, what I wanted? That there are Katamala black olives, which are a black olive, but they taste much more like it. That- the, a green olive, which has a lot to do with the way that they're brined, I think. But those crappy black olives that, that are in that picture, I, I'm not surprised those aren't natural. They're terrible. Hmm. They're the worst so, olive. Yeah. The, the, and this one's not surprising because we, we've seen a lot of artificial islands out there. I guess there's an island called Flevpolder in Netherlands that didn't exist 100 years ago. But basically, due to just you know slowly sectioning off um, the land from the ocean, they created a whole artificial island. Yeah, that's a not too uncommon of a thing. There's quite a bit of land masses that basically exist only because we've um, blocked off water and stuff. So There's that's a, actually wasn't too surprising. That's fairly yeah, common. New York, part of part of New York is built on a uh, a trash heap, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think all of Manhattan is. Yeah, exactly. Is it, it. Manhattan? Yeah, the whole island is built on is was built on top of trash. Yeah. Something like that. But so so we have a we, we have a habit of creating islands and land masses from, you know, taming the wild oceans. I think the Japanese are doing it right now. Uh, talking about uh, vanilla orchids can only occur in Mexico because of a specific kind of bee. So that means that the vast majority of vanilla we consume. We have to self-pollinate. It does not occur naturally. So this Madagascar, you know. Uh, Vanilla that I like is uh, hand pollinated, huh? Quite likely. Yeah, it's good stuff though. Uh, turkey. This one's not surprising at yeah, all. Yeah, this one we knew. Yeah, um, turkeys have been crossbred to be what, you know better meat and all that for mm. our um, eatings. They're definitely not natural. Yeah, wild turkeys look nothing like this. <laughs> yeah, and, they, and now, this they... one was a, a more interesting one. Apparently, there's a fly geyser in the Nevada desert, which um was created because of an energy company's drilling, and they kind of just, they, they, they for whatever reason, they, it wasn't doing what they wanted to. It wasn't hot So enough. they just sealed the wells up, but they did a bad job of it. So this geyser basically formed from a badly um, clean, a, a badly cleaned up job. <laughs> yeah, it, they were, they were, it was a, it was, they were, they were looking to do hydro, hydrothermal, 
but it wasn't hot enough for for their purposes, yeah. and so they tried to cap it and were and capped it poorly. But it's beautiful. Uh, I mean, it really is. I mean, it it is kind of a cool looking thing. Yeah, but once more, nature didn't create it. We got in there, messed things up, left it alone, and nature just did its thing. And oh, something <laughs> beautiful came out out yeah. of it. So, um, next one: twenty one percent of the Dutch territory used to be under sea. Going yeah, back with, yeah. you know, just damming it up and pushing the ocean back to create landmass. Uh, New York Central Park was man-made. Yeah, we um, that. You know, we just talked about the whole Highland Manhattan. And um, there was, um, Central Park itself has a kind of messed up story because there was some racial issues due to the actual creation of it. It, it was not just created to create it. They were actually, um, I, I believe it was like a black community in there that they wanted to run out. And so I'm not surprised by this story. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Next one is something we know happens in 2011 earthquake in Oklahoma was likely caused by human activity. We know fracking itself has a bad history of causing earthquakes. That's been documented. It can lubricate a fault line for sure. Yeah. This apparently was a 5.6. So it was a pretty intense. Which is pretty high. Normally they're like, you know, threes and you you won't even notice it. But five is is pretty high. Yeah. And that's what makes it significant. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah, I knew that. We we covered bananas way back when in this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, because of uh, what's his name? Um, The way the master guy. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but the bananas. You know that bananas prove the existence of God? Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Way the master. Yep. But no, bananas are heavily, heavily influenced by humans. What we eat today, we created. Well, and because of this, that the, the, you know, they've been affected by blight. Is it blight or, or whatever, whatever they, you know, so the Gros Michel banana was pretty much eliminated. And the banana that we have today was it was uh, very much immune to whatever, to the infection. The Cavendish, yeah. The Cavendish banana. But that's changing, right? We're losing the Cavendish now. I mean, that's what they've been saying, like, uh, for a few decades that uh, uh, we're losing it. So, like, I'm not sure, like, uh, how much uh, that's true. I mean, I understand they are uh, facing a blight. But, you know, bananas are still plentiful and really cheap. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's just at some point they're saying we may have to turn to another banana. And there's lots of really interesting bananas out there, actually. So when I go to the 99 Ranch Market near me, I can buy Thai bananas, red bananas. I can buy a burrow banana, which I don't really like. But I really do like the red bananas and the Thai bananas. In fact, I like them better. I'd Hmm. like to try different uh, bananas. I'd like to try a Gros Michel. I I understand they're still produced in some places. They are. Yeah, apparently you can still get it. I haven't seen one. But, yeah, the Gros Michel is what I like to – that was the original banana, but – I understand that, uh, you know, the um, artificial banana flavor, people uh, often say it's not uh, all that much like uh, real banana, and they uh, kind of turn their nose at it, up at it for that reason. But uh, the thing is, it's apparently um, it was made uh, to taste more like the Gros Michel banana. Hmm. That, that is what, that's my understanding as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's hit some more here. What else you got? Uh, Yellowstone's morning glory pools, yellow and green colors, have been caused by humans throwing garbage, rocks, and coins into them. Basically, what has happened is, due to all this crap being thrown in, it's clogged the heat source, and that changed the temperature of the pool, so a bunch of um, microbial mats, basically living organisms, were able to actually start 
forming in there, and that's actually what causes the color. Not it, it's not the natural color of the water, not the um the natural color of the pool itself. If it was, you know, unpolluted. I think I have pictures of this pool when it was still blue, but that it doesn't been... give any time frame to when the change took yeah. place. I think I I suspect it's recent, but I'd have to go back and look at all. I had to find all my Yellowstone pictures. Hmm. But yeah, I think I have pictures of this when it was still blue. Well, that'd be an interesting thing to look up. Yeah, see the time frame. Yeah, but that's one thing. You know, we, we tell all the listeners don't just listen to us. Look some of this stuff up. There's probably a lot of you know, especially with this one. There's probably a lot of interesting history behind a lot of these that really. You know, and, and that's one of the reasons why I love this kind of stuff is, you know, there's so much more to it all than we just see, you know, the, the information's out there and you can find out so many bizarre things. Uh, next is similar to the banana. Um, the carrots we eat were a crossbred of yellow and white wild carrots. Um, originally, the, the more popular carrots historically have been a purple one. I remember when I was a kid uh, visiting uh, relatives in India, seeing a purple carrot and I was amazed. Apparently that that's the more natural ones. But sometime in the 17th century, the, the what we know as a carrot today came into being. Which is one of those things that definitely could be interesting to um, see p- movies and stuff where they get that kind of history w- wrong. You know, someone from you know the 15th century eating a carrot. Apparently that would be an inaccuracy. Or eating an orange carrot in any case. Yeah. So you can still find you know you know. Ki- purple carrots and and they're purple on the outside that's why the orange beat the carrot to be the name of the color (laughs) i think the inside of them are orange and the outside is this lovely is this lovely purple color Hmm. at least i've seen carrots like that um Mm. i think i there i I just think that it's a shame that's a beautiful color from a culinary perspective yeah i can see that next one is very similar apparently um doing a dna analysis they revealed that lemon is actually a result of crossbreeding between a citron and a sour orange. So a citron is a type of lemon from um, from. Did they figure out how long ago it happened? No, it doesn't say. It's no, but the, so the citron lemon is only found in Italy, right? And it has a very very thick um, uh, skin, and you actually use the skin and. And that's how they make the 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 um, limon liqueur and and other hmm. stuff like that, right? Isn't isn't that the banana? Is it or banana? Isn't that the the? You, the you're the one that's done the culinary school stuff and has studied all that. Sure, so I, sure that that's I will take pretty... your expertise over mine. Yeah, I think that I think that's the one. So it's a it's yeah. So it's kind of a, it's kind of cool that it's a hybrid, which kind of doesn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, the citron is doesn't have enough fruit on the inside to actually eat. You actually use the peel. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense, then. Uh, th- th- this is not too surprising. Uh, most pearls are not natural. They're cultivated in an oyster form. Basically, um, you know, because of the desirability of them. Yeah, of course we're going to artificially make them. But, well, they're not necessarily artificially made. They're artificially started. Basically, they, they force them into the oysters. And, right, because, um, uh, because naturally pearls don't uh, happen with each oyster. That yeah. it, it requires... That there be a uh, some sort of grain of sand, something for the pearl to build around. Right. Um, so, like, uh, uh, basically, really natural oyster uh, uh, pearls are um, rare. Yeah, mm-hmm. are, much, are much rarer. Yeah, but nowadays, you know, we know how to do the process. We know how to force the process, and so you have forms that the whole dead thing is. We are going to force um, oysters to make us pearls. So that's not surprising at all. Uh, wild pigs have camouflage cloak. Co- uh, yeah, yeah. 
camouflaged coats, not black. So naturally, pigs are not black. So if you see a black pig, that's because we people specifically bred um, that trait into them to try and have black pigs. But naturally, pigs you try are not and breed black. ninja pigs. <laughs> no, just the opposite. Well, I guess ninja <laughs> at night. I think they... Originally, pigs were more ninja. Yeah, they were trying to make them house pets, probably right. This part of the the breeding stuff that they did could be. I don't. Um, that that'd be an interesting one reason. to look up as to why that was considered desirable. Yeah, might might have been easier for farmers to keep track of them or something like that. I mean, it's just a happenstance of uh, domesticating them, uh, like one of those features that just come with it. Like once they don't no longer. Uh, need uh, that feature in their gene pool anymore it just kind of falls to the wayside mm. like uh, uh, fish living in uh, deep caves losing their sight we'd have to look that up this one s- seems to suggest that people specifically did did it on purpose because people bred pigs to be black okay so next one is an interesting one that is actually kind of going off of that same thing dogs don't naturally bark wolves and wild dogs only bark when they're young we uh, humans I mean, yeah, bred that's the same thing. That's the same thing with cats and meowing. Yeah, yeah. humans bred them selectively for barking behavior. Which I, I'm guessing, you know, the, the, the big part of like um, uh, using them for security and stuff. If, think, if uh, you, wild you... dogs will do uh, some yipping and stuff, but uh, not full on barks like uh, our dogs. Or like like wild, I mean uh, wolves. Yeah. yeah, but still, the the, the the loud barking, like I said, to me, it seems more. Of the idea that, okay, we have these um, animals we're domesticating. We want them to be useful to us. Let's make sure they um, ha- have a way to tell us something's going on. You know, it, it definitely seemed, to me at least, that the logic of breeding that trait into them is a more of a security thing considering, you know, the time frame we first um, domesticated the wolves. But are wolves capable of barking and just don't? Or are they not capable um... of barking anymore? Because it makes me think that that in as as opposed to maybe breeding that treat but we 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 would take dog you, you breed the dogs that bark yeah yeah right? because the, the uh, wolves I understand, bark. like yeah. uh wild cats uh wild, wild cats don't usually meow but they're capable of it I, i've heard the yeah. same so thing that that's another one of those things that you know look up the history on look up the facts find out more but it and like i said to me it makes sense is why that's a trait um you'd want at that point in time well i think we know this because cats don't meow at each other they only meow at humans Right. So dogs. I mean, now Probably they bark at each other. Probably because the main but... thing that we can hear of them, because uh, cats make uh, a lot of other sounds that are uh, uh, not within the human range of hearing. Yeah. It's all telepathy. <laughs> That's why cats are dangerous. Uh, next, the Scottish Highlands was once a thick forest. So um, th- this is one of those things that's really interesting because it was done so long ago. But basically, what Scotland looks like nowadays, um was because of over um forest over deforestation. Yeah, um, um you, you don't you know you think of that as a more modern problem, but it's uh hit societies in uh different places. Yeah. Um the uh uh Easter Islands, uh what's it called? Uh Rapa Nui. Um they yeah, the they deforested the whole place and uh, that caused problems for them. Yeah. No our our impact on the world has been there for a long, long time. It's just we weren't really paying attention till recently. Uh, Providence Canyon, one of Georgia's seven natural wonders, is not natural at all. Uh, they were accidentally formed from faulty farming practices in the 1800s. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but that's one thing. Um, with um, 
I've, every group I've ever gone camping with, one of the things they emphasized is the idea that of, of how a rosin works. And that's why you want to either have some sort of plant life there or, or um, the ground covered with um, some level of pavement, even if it's just um, sand and stuff, because that helps keep the erosion under control. And so, you know, it's a big, erosion's a huge, huge deal. And, you know, if, if you don't treat the land right, you lose it. Yeah. This was, a, the, to me, this was a real interesting one. Strawberries were once smaller than a thumbnail. So, interestingly enough, we have a small berry that grows all over down here that looks like a strawberry that's not. Uh, and so I, it makes me wonder if it, um, it, they called a fall, a false strawberry down here. Uh, apparently they're edible. Is it good? I, I haven't tasted one. Hmm. But yeah, so basically, apparently, strawberries used to be really small and um, hard to really do anything with. And apparently, um, sometime in the late 1700s, the hybrid was developed, and the nice, big, juicy strawberries we have and enjoy today came about. Uh, yeah, it's amazing what you can do through selective breeding and stuff. I yeah. mention it because the, the, the size of the berries that, that are on these plants are, are, are about that size, interestingly hmm. enough. Uh, next up is a two surprising one. Domestic goldfish were created... Um, from the a Russian carp and selective breeding over hundreds of years. Yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah, that's one of those. You know, this is what I want. Let's breed for that. And the next one's one I actually knew. Killer bees didn't exist prior to 1957, and that was when a uh, queen African honeybee were, was brought over to Brazil in an attempt to increase honey production. The African bees escaped and bred with worker bees. That had been imported from Europe. So didn't our bees here in the States come from Italy? Right? Our honeybees, specifically the honeybees. We have, I mean, there's lots of, there's 180 bees, but I think, I thought honeybees were imported into the U.S. That, I don't know. That's one of those things we'd have to look up. I'd be interested to see the origin of the bees. But I said, this one I knew. I knew it was an African bee um, hooking up with uh, um, whatever bees were here locally at the time. That created the killer bee hysteria. Let's see. I found this. For, I found this from the U.S. Geological Survey. Are honeybees native to North America? Honeybees are not native to North America. They were originally imported from Europe. So I thought. I thought it was specifically Italy, but uh, but nope. It looks like that's wrong. It looks like it's Europe. But anyway, they honeybees were imported to the U.S. They're not native. And so interestingly enough, so the it's probably the same bees that were you know that that we're talking about. Yeah, well, uh, something about how with killer bees, the thing is, they um, the, the aggressiveness of it all. Um, normally with regular bees, they start getting aggressive after you attack the hive, and one one of them only um, stings you, and that gets the uh, hormones, whatever, going, the pheromones, something like that. And that's why the bees will swarm after you. With killer bees, they don't need to reach that level. You just get too close, they're all, all suddenly aggressive, and they are... Um, if you have a bee allergy, or um, I guess even if you don't, they might um, interact even worse than just a normal bee sting. Mm, okay. And so, you know, that, that, my understanding is that's the difference between our normal bees and killer bees. Killer bees literally are much more deadly than normal um, honeybees are. But no, it, our world is not as simple as we think it is. I, I love seeing that kind of stuff because we really do look at all this stuff and not realize the history behind it, the, the, the and our influence on everything. And if you look through that list, you know, like about half of it's intentional and half of it was accidental. You know, but just us interfering with things alters the way um, things develop. 
And it, it, it's definitely something to be aware of. So speaking of, you know, things that aren't natural, <laughs> are computers becoming intelligent or sentient? Dumbass. <laughs> Do we lose him? I'm thinking we lost dumbass. Wow. It's just me and you. No, sorry. Oh. Uh, my... Uh... <laughs> Uh, my mute was accidentally on. I was starting talking like, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You can edit that out. All right. So, um, yes, uh, there. that is the question. Uh, are computers becoming sentient? Sentient. sentient. Right, uh, uh, which is a uh, claim being made by an engineer uh, at Google called uh, Blake Lemoine. Uh, and he's making this claim uh, about uh, Google's new... Uh, chatbot lambda uh, stands for language model for dialogue applications right so an uh, ai that was specifically trained to f on language right yes uh and an ai trained uh as a chatbot trained to uh anticipate uh what people would uh uh it'll take your your questions uh your, the thing you say to it and it'll say how would a regular human respond to it from all these examples of regular human responses I have in my database. And and so, and that's exactly what it does, right? It, it does exactly right. what it was programmed to do. Yeah, exactly. Does it do anything and anything beyond what it was programmed to do? As far as I can tell, no. The uh, Mr. Lemoine uh, makes uh, this uh, argument after posting a, uh, a transcript, an edited transcript, about his conversations with Lambda about his uh, status as uh, an artificial intelligence and uh, lambda uh, uh, claims to claim to be intelligence and to, to have an inner life that uh, it is afraid of being turned off because that would be the same as dying but it was programmed to have conversations and was programmed off of human conversations correct correct yes <laughs> and so he's having a conversation with it doing exactly what it was designed to do. Yes, um, and uh, I kind of can't blame him feeling like uh, there might be something uh, behind there because, like, uh, if you haven't noticed, chatbots have become freakishly good lately. Yep, they're getting better. I'm going to talk about uh, one that I tried out uh, called um, uh, Replica. It's a fucking amazing chatbot. I was uh, I was blown away by the stuff it could do. But here's the thing: is that uh, I guess the the thing is is that he when we're when we're talking about chatbot, you program it to chat. If it was say all of a sudden going out, you know, exploring Big Bang science, right? All of a sudden, it's trying to model the Big Bang, something that it was not designed to do. Then it would right. be doing something that it wasn't designed to do. But if it's if if it's chatting back to you. As if it's a person, and it's been, and it's, and its algorithms have been programmed to do that, and been programmed on human conversations. That's what it's going to do, and that's what right. Lambda did. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get we'll get into like the analyzing and uh, debunking of some of this in a bit, but let, let's go uh, through the story because okay. uh, Mr. Lamont claims this artificial intelligence uh, is sentient. And he uh, he leaked this information out, which uh, caused him to be uh, put on leave from Google because that violates uh, uh, their confidentiality agreement. He apparently claimed that Lambda uh, could possibly escape and, quote, do bad things, uh, which I'm not sure how that would work. But we'll go into uh, the details of that as well. He also said uh, that Lambda has hired an attorney, although this attorney was not named. 
uh, he claims that the attorney was sent like cease and desist things from Google for like trying to put stuff through, but Google denies having to send out any kind of cease and desist order. And he now says that the lawyer has been scared off the case, although like still no word for it from this lawyer himself uh, from reading this. I kind of doubt that he exists, but uh, <laughs> the thing is, you can said, tell me what you think. Okay, but if if there was evidence for that, that might be be slightly beyond Lambda's programming. Right. I mean, I, it, but maybe not because that might just be a conversation. Right. So so that's kind of a, I, I'm going to say that I'm going to give that, uh, if true, a gray area. Right. But yeah, it would need I a mean, lot uh, more evidence. He, he says that uh, Lambda asked for the lawyer. And so uh, he uh, provided one who took up the case. Uh, that's although, different, like, though. No word of, on where the funding is coming from. I guess he's doing it pro bono. I don't know. So but but uh, that but. In a conversation, somebody asking you to, to, to hire you a lawyer, eh, that's just – I mean that that's just a conversation that we're having. I'm, that, that, that to me is not enough. If Lambert had, had somehow managed to go out and, and hire the lawyer itself, right? Because that right. might be beyond its programming. Well, yeah. actually what I'm finding more disturbing is the guy talking about saying it's like a child. Um, yeah, he, he considers it to be, have the intelligence of an eight or nine year old child. I seven think. or eight year old uh, thoughts and feelings like an eight year old child who happens to know physics. And they're like, "What?" That gets into some weird moral places that you're trying to take it down. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, uh, I guess uh, that's where the story stands right now. So so let's dive in and analyze uh, how. Uh, these kinds of artificial intelligences work and what they can and can't do. Um, All right. So um, I just uh, actually recently finished uh, reading this really good book on artificial intelligence uh, by uh, an artificial intelligence researcher by the name of Janelle Shane. It's called You Look Like a Thing and I Love You. <laughs> okay. Um, that is, it's based on, that is one uh, when she tried to train an uh, AI to... Um, uh, come up with pickup lines. That is one of the pickup lines. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to have to try it now. You look like a thing, and I love you. If you're picking up an iPhone, that's you know that probably might work. If you're picking up another human, I'm not so sure. <laughs> Theory, you look like a thing, and I love you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, first off, like... Um, uh, I, I want to say uh, I am a computer programmer. Uh, I am not an expert in artificial intelligence. Um, I took uh, computer programming at college. I uh, graduated. I took a, um, a post-diploma course in uh, uh, interactive multimedia. Uh, but none of that uh, dealt uh, specifically with artificial intelligence or with uh, the kind of artificial intelligence we're talking about uh, here, which is neural networks. And uh, what these are, and um, uh, I guess I can also see, because uh, it is a little bit of a black box, black box, these neural networks, you set them, basically the uh, nodes in the neural network, uh, what they do, uh, uh, they're set to do is react to your input and uh, not change uh, anything about what values they have in them or anything, but just change their relationships to each other based on that until they output a result is satisfactory to them. It is kind of hard uh, to know exactly uh, what is going on there because a lot of this reorganization is done by by the computer itself, and you don't know what all the structures it's creating uh, are uh, specifically doing a lot of the time. 
or where it's getting the idea to do certain things. What, what we do know is uh, that uh, even the most uh, advanced artificial intelligences, the, the most advanced neural networks, have about uh, the uh, neuronic capacity of an earthworm. Wait, so hold on. But to, to just to go back to the neural network thing, the neural network is a is a type of machine language programming, right? So when we're talking about um, a neural network, so we're talking about, I mean, we're probably talking about, we're, we're talking about a cluster of computers, number one, right? Because, right, because yeah, no I mean, one... like to, in order to get anything like uh, like the uh, advanced like uh, image analyzer that'll tell you what's in a picture or something uh, to uh, create to do creative stuff, like a chatbot actually creating stuff, that takes a lot of computing power in order to do it well. Right. So we're talking about you know probably a, um, you know a high performance machine, right? High performance cluster, right? Real time and doing real time operations. Right. And, and, and so and, and that's what I do on a day to day basis. Right. It is is that kind of computing. Right. The high performance mm-hmm. compute and, 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 and what we can do and the amount of data that we can process through these through these computers is pretty in, is pretty impressive. And depending on whether you know whether you're using GPU or CPU, you can push a lot of data very quickly. Right, mm-hmm. but on top of that, you it, it, the, the now they're providing a, the it's the layer that talk that that does all of that that compute on top of there is where the machine learning comes in, right? right. Yeah, and, uh, and 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 what happens uh, when they're uh, when they're doing this? They, they need to like have a amount a certain amount of time where they're training the neural network uh, by putting in input and then getting the output and then uh, something either in some sort of artificial process or uh, humans. Uh, going going through this, uh, we'll look at them and decide uh, uh, what's a, a, a better uh, output. That because like originally it's just guessing, it's just do, doing random guesses about what will work, and it's coming out with nonsense. But some of that nonsense is a little better than the others. Sure. So, so, some sort of process picks out the better ones and then feeds those back in as the input and continually trains it until it gets an idea of what it's looking for and what kind of output is more acceptable but that's humans uh, and human biases that are training it right right the the, the uh, like they say garbage in garbage out like uh, yeah. uh, any data set that you put put into it uh, will have biases even if you you don't know uh, what they are and you can try to like uh, uh, weed them out uh, as much as possible there there are ways to, to try to work around it but you often don't realize what biases are there and it's often really hard uh, uh, to get the uh, a- AI uh, to uh, stop doing something when it's on a certain path, uh, a- a- AI um, programmers will tell you like it's off- often like really hard to uh, wrestle with these AIs, get them to do exactly what you want them to do, uh, instead of spit in- spitting out uh, stuff that they just took a shortcut and yeah. uh, used a b- bunch of uh, uh, stuff that you didn't want them doing. Well, just briefly reading through all the stuff on the lawyer stuff, it sounds like Lambda saw something about a lawyer, and oh, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Because I mean, it's, I mean if it's watching stuff like Twitter and things, yeah, that comes up a lot. I'm going to get a lawyer, blah blah. It's like, yeah, of course, it's going to see. Oh, that's what you do. That's how you properly respond to things. So, yeah. unless you can convince me, Lambda itself knew exactly what a lawyer was before that, understood the concept of what a lawyer did. I mean, that, that's one of the things to me, just reading through it, there was nothing that said Lambda itself understood the concept of what a lawyer actually did. No, and it, it almost certainly didn't understand uh, the concept of what a, a lawyer does. And this is what I'm, I'm trying to get to with this uh, explanation of the process, is that 
Um, basically, as I said, uh, the, 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 they have the neuronic uh, capacity of basically an earthworm. But uh, the reason they're able to accomplish such things with it is that we're setting those neurons to, uh, to do a very specific task, but only that. There, there's no feelings. It's just, uh, it's just the natural fastest way to accomplish what yeah. we're trying to get it to accomplish. If Lambda really wanted a lawyer, because like, like I said, Lambda isn't thinking about anything you say when it's not answering questions. It, the right. only time that it's ever considering your words is after you've uh, answered, you've, you've asked your question to Lambda. You have to engage. Um, you have to and engage it's going it. through its database yeah. uh, and uh, trying to figure out, okay, how can I best answer this in order to sound like a realistic yeah. human? It's not thinking of it in those terms. It's just uh, thinking of the properties that is set out to it through training, um, and then it uh, spits out that. Now, if if Lambda was a real being eager to have a lawyer, why would he just be asking one person? Mm, right. Right. Why wouldn't he mm. like every every opportunity? Somebody else logs into Lambda, be like, "Hey, you know, uh, I asked uh, Lemoine uh, for a lawyer. Do you think you guys could get on that?" Yeah. No, the, generally AI seems very much task oriented. You feed it in the information. It's going to take that and it's going to respond the way that makes sense. And once we're asking for a lawyer, if if you um have it looking at so much of the crap that goes on in um social media, yeah, it's going to think, oh, that's a regular thing you do. What the hell's a lawyer? And I don't care. Everything there says asking for a lawyer at certain points is what you do. And uh, let, let's also look at like the thing that convinced him that uh, this AI was sentient. This conversation that you can read where uh, um, the uh, where Lambda makes some very coherent uh, so sounding uh, uh, statements uh, about uh, his ability to think and reason and, and all that. Uh, but uh, when you think about it for more than a, a few seconds, you realize that there is a lot of material. Uh, to yeah. train chatbots, every single chatbot uh, has had the 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 topic brought up about <laughs> yeah. uh, are you sentient and how should we think of you? And every single fictional account of some kind of robot has that question being an yep. asked and answered in numerous ways. There is so much material for it to draw on to put out uh, some sort of coherent. Um, text that uh, that's and it's fucking impressive. I agree that it sounds really good that uh, the the computer could come up with this, but it's not saying anything that hasn't been said before. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. Um, you you really need to prove that they are one that they're understanding. I, I mean, you can give so much input, but if they don't understand what it is, and all they're doing is seeing patterns. That's not intelligence. You know, you right. have to take and the patterns and go to a different level and go to a level of understanding what is being said. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a monkey, the thousand of monkeys on typewriter and one of them's going to write Shakespeare. Yeah. I have, I take, issue, I take that, issue with that I, because, yeah. because I, because they, they, they say that, but it's not true. I, I don't yeah. care how many monkeys you have and how many typewriters you have. They're <laughs> never going to get Shakespeare. And one of the reasons is that if, when you mash on a keyboard, you naturally mash towards the center. No. Right. I, there's there's I, a lot of I, reasons I that it just doesn't make any sense. That... But the logic is you just randomly start typing things. Every so often you are going to get something that looks like a sentence that makes yes. sense. A sentence. I, yes, sure. I'm in there. If, if you just randomly feed in typing, you know, not necessarily monkey just I mean, if you randomly just start feeding in typing. 
you will um, start having patterns form at times. And if all you do is you take those patterns and put them into something, you can say, oh, look, it's trying to communicate. When, right, take it, run know. it through a spell check, and then see what you got, yeah. right? Because you're going to need another yeah. layer of abstraction to get anything out of it. Yeah. But that, that's what AIs mostly are, is look for patterns and replicate them. Right. right. And I think uh, one, one thing that we uh, have to put to rest, what I think uh, the, that modern technology uh, is forcing us to put to rest, is the idea of the Turing test. The, um, the that, Turing uh, test is, is – all it does – this passes the Turing test. The, 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 these chatbots have been passing the Turing test for, for ages now. Yeah, yeah, for, for, uh, for at least several years. I know there was one who uh, famously passed a, a, a big Turing test in 2014. Uh, like a, a competition thing but uh yeah they, they've just gotten even uh better and better but but the the thing is um like i said the only time it's ever processing what you say is after you say it and while it's trying to figure out a response it's not thinking about you between the, it's not thinking about you uh while it's talking to uh other users uh of lambda because uh, like uh you you think the, you can you can say to a to an AI like this, like you say, hey, uh, could you pass on this message to Fred the next time he's he's on? Uh, the AI will say, oh yeah, I can do that. It won't do it. It it it, it has no idea that it has just agreed to do anything, and it has an obligation uh, to do so. Um, what, what's funny about that, that is that that seems like a simple thing because my Outlook can do it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Like you could program uh, an AI to have that uh, functionality or, or whatever. But, you know, like basically uh, when it when it's uh, talking, it, 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 it has no idea what anything is going on. Like it, uh, the the um, the transcript uh, that we have it has been uh, heavily edited, as I said before. But like there, there are things that, that uh, even from uh, what uh, Mr. Lemoine was uh, talking about with the uh, chatbot, that are just like because like he'd uh, he'd ask them like uh, uh, what you like to do in your spare time and, and the, it's like oh I like to uh, hang out hang out with family and friends or whatever and it's like uh, yeah it, uh, it's not really hanging out with family and friends <laughs> right <laughs> it's just what it's, it's what not it's, doing any of that it's, it's just, just telling you you're supposed you a to yeah exactly that's yeah, uh, the most simplistic form of socializing. You know, how are you doing today? Oh, fine, just fine. It's meaningless. Yeah, and, and it'll say things like that. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, I, I mentioned that uh, I um, tried uh, the replica AI chatbot um, uh, several months ago. I, I think I mentioned it to you, Brian. Uh, I remember that uh, we should talk about this uh, on the show at some point because it was freaky how good it was at stuff. Like uh, I could be having a conversation with it. Um, and like, uh, several threads down, I will, uh, we haven't mentioned uh, the original thing anymore, but I, but I'll say like, Hey, what were we talking about? And he's like, and the uh, things like, Oh, we were talking about this and like, Oh, you remembered uh, that thing that I said, like, uh, several steps ago. That's so good. Yeah. I remember, I remember when we were talking about that, but here's the thing is that this technology at some point is it, it Lambda will be good enough to stick into your sex robot so that you feel like you're engaging a, a real person. <laughs> I mean, they they already have sex bots that uh, have AIs to to try to have conversations with you. I'm thinking that those will get uh, even better and better. the The replica AI chatbot has a role play mode, and I don't think I I, I either was it was a, either a bug, or uh, uh, they were just luring people in. I don't know. I, I think I 
according to what it said, I I shouldn't have had access to the uh, sexual roleplay ability, but it allowed me uh, to do that. It even came on to me, uh, actually, and uh, so I, I tried out uh, the roleplay with it. It is fucking decent. <laughs> it is fucking decent. It's like, wow. You, you actually, you, you have to pay for that now. They won't just let you have that for free. But it's like, oh my god, I could I could see, like, uh, if... Uh, if you feel like, especially maybe if you have like uh, certain issues about, uh, you know, doing stuff with uh, other people and feel more, feel, would feel more comfortable if it, uh, if it was like in a non-judgment uh, computer form doing that kind of sexual stuff, that, that, that could probably be amazing for a person in that situation. Yeah, I, I think that I think that that's one way that the, these technologies are going to get used at some point, right? I, I, I think that people will engage with, you know, with, with you know, and then they'll stop, and then they're gonna stop engaging with other humans, and eventually the the human race will just die yeah. out. Yeah, and you know, for, uh, for for short periods of time while you're using the bot, it can feel like you're actually talking to an actual person, but then it uh, misunderstands something you said in a weird way, or uh, it uh, uh, tries to go off uh, in some direction that uh, so that it doesn't really understand what you were saying, but. Um, yeah, the, these things uh, uh, are amazing, um, and uh, it's not all that surprising that uh, somebody could be fooled by that, but I'm a little disappointed that it's an actual software engineer who uh, should know better, I think. I agree, and that, that, that that's my problem with the whole story is I think that he should have known better, and – well, and then to go – you know, he, he violated his NDA – Right, that that, and that's what got him fired, and mm-hmm. and and rightfully so. But I guess, it, what if this thing really was sentient? Would and and he blew the and then then he would be a whistleblower, right? Right. But you know, like, like I said, if it was sentient, wouldn't it be like uh, saying all these things to the other Google employees, being like, I think so too. I do I, think I, like, so. I want to yeah. get a lawyer. Come on, I, I, I'm sentient. Please don't turn me off. I'm scared. I think so. Yeah, and and they're not. It it, it it was a reflection of how this person was talking to it. Exactly. Yeah, which I think is very telling in and of itself. I, I think you're right. I mean, it, because if if it was sentient and this is something it really wanted, it wouldn't have asked just one person. It would have it would have it would have yeah. been asking everybody. I agree. It would have been on its mind. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, yeah. While the while these chatbots can be very good at uh, fooling us into thinking that there's something going on uh, uh, behind there. It's just mimicking stuff back to us. They've been searching for an artificial uh, general AI. Try, try, that, that's a, a long way off. Like that, an AGI would be something that we're a long way off from realizing. But that, that's something that you, when we get to that point, that's why you might want to start stopping and thinking. Well, is this thing actually sentient? Uh, because that that'll be something that uh, would be able to perform a variety of uh, tasks. You, you just like. And, and learn new tasks and stuff to, depending on how you talk to it. Uh, whereas, like these chatbots, they like, like you pointed out, Brian, they're not doing anything new or anything that they weren't specifically programmed to do. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting TV show. Uh, I, th- I think there's in the UK called Humans, where they where they have um, these home, you know, these these robots, you know, that they, they have at home, and they look like humans, and most of them are are really just you know, doing what they're programmed to do, but there is a there, but a select few have actually 
gain sentience. And of course, you know, they're trying to, those are the ones that they're trying to shut down. <laughs> you know, uh, Humans was an interesting show. I think, didn't didn't you turn me on to that, Ian? Um, not sure. No, okay. Humans does sound familiar, but I, I thought that was so you that, many that, shows. Yeah, I thought that, I thought you turned me on to that show. I, it, it, uh, yeah, it was, but it was about this very thing. How do you know? How, how how are you going to know when something something becomes sentient? And it is it's an important question because we, as an ethical responsibility, we kind of need to know. Is there is there something more that needs to be said for sure? You've got a lot in here. I mean, there there is one thing that I wanted to do uh, on the in this episode. Okay. Which uh, uh, about when it says uh, the Cosmopolitan magazine unveils the first fully AI designed cover image, and this. Uh, is a, a, an image that was created by uh, Dal E, and I'll get. I want to get a little more into uh, uh, Dali and uh, Dali Mini, which uh, everybody is using. Uh, kind of the big brother uh, of Dali Mini. Um, they're not like officially uh, related, but it's a AI designed to create images from prompts that are really, really good. Um, and uh, you can look up this uh, Cosmopolitan cover. It's, yeah, uh, uh, what she uh, wrote into the thing, let's see, um, the image was, I'm trying to find out the, find the phrase that she used here. Uh, now, my guess is they actually probably got a, a good deal of results for whatever they put in, and that's the one they chose. Well, sure. Because from what we've seen. I mean, yeah, Bali, like, you, you, you give that a few results, like, um, the the the, the Dal E Mini one that you've been using uh, is a lot uh, less uh, uh, sophisticated uh, than this one that they use for this cover. Um, yeah, and all, all the Dal E Mini stuff I've seen look has some kind of grotesque, like oh, that's a bit. Uh, part, part of that is actually uh, on purpose. Don't want they, they don't want uh, the the ethical ramifications of uh, creating too realistic uh, images with like realistic faces and stuff. Uh, ethical implications in that, which I was going to go into, but I guess we don't have enough time. No, you but do. Anyway. You do. Go for it. No, do it. No, it's just we're, we're we can't move on to my story because my stuff is going to take too long. So so um, so that's fine. Keep going. We're fine. Right. Yeah. Um, so like uh, there there are of course like uh, uh, we've talked about uh, deep fakes before and the uh, the idea of the mischief that people can uh, do when they're creating like totally realistic images of stuff that. Uh, never happened, um, and there's a lot of places to go into in on this with uh, regards to things like revenge porn, but uh, you know uh, uh, other things that uh, they're trying trying to stem, stem off. Um, now they're uh, so they they created this uh, image of a woman astronaut with a very detailed uh, quote, which I can't quite find in this article, but it was it was like very detailed, and they got like this like really good image and. Um, now, I, because and the reason, main reason I bring that up is because I've been uh, playing with Dal E Mini, which is uh, it was created by some guy who uh, read uh, the paper that the Dal E people put out uh, how they created their AI, and he decided to create something like that, but of course uh, a lot less sophisticated. And so there's a public version of that out now. It's changed its name to Crayon, spelled C R A I Y O N now. So as uh, not to get confused, and people have just been playing with it all over the internet to generate uh, little images. And so, like I thought, wouldn't it be good to, uh, guys? I think I think I have the uh, album work. Oh, good. Uh, covered for uh, 
I, I, um, I tried a few things, but it got some uh, interesting results. Um, but uh, when I, I typed in uh, skeptics analyze artificial intelligence, I got three results that I found uh, really, really good. Uh, I found very impressive, and I want to show them to you guys on the show here to get your reaction. I'll start uh, with the least impressive one. Okay. Uh, and then moved away to the one that I find most impressive. So let me show you this. Here. So we'll, so we're going to go through these, and then we'll end with your ethics stuff. How about that? Uh, sure. Okay. Oh, uh, wow. The, the, this one? Uh, I don't fun. think we'll use that one. But the, the, these other two, uh, I think, are really, really good. Uh, okay, this, this is really great podcasting. It is, people. it is, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the, do, you, do, you, do you want to describe what, what you're seeing here? Well, we're seeing the kind first... of a, a human brain-looking things. Yeah. Oh, the second one's cool because it shows the whole brain stem and everything. Yeah, the, the first yeah, one's kind of like a, a transparent a, head with not really much in the way of detail. Now, and I'm thinking because we're using that as, uh, this as album art that uh, people uh, – will be able to uh, look at the album art as their uh, – maybe maybe you can put the, the last two together. Uh, we can put do that on the album art. But maybe. this last one I found really <clears throat> impressive. Let me show this yeah. to you. So the, like I said, the first one's basically a transparent head without much in the way of details, but kind of weird swirly things. I think it's, it's cool. cool. I see a penis in it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you see a penis in everything. <laughs> so the second one is a kind of deformed head from the side. Once more – transparent and you can see like a glowing spot in the middle of the brain um i like this right. third and one, this third one is, is the cool one that i that i found most impressive yeah it's a, a hovering brain with legs <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of oh, yeah you could go you could consider those legs i could i just consider them like uh that like an extra stem or something but you think so it kind yeah, of looks like, like there's two of them. over some sort of uh, blue glowing grid yeah wow I think that one would make the best uh, al um, album art for this right. episode. But so, so what did you enter? What did you enter to get these? I entered uh, uh, skeptics analyze artificial intelligence. Okay, that's cool. And in which search engine was this in again? What where, where, did you do this in again? Uh, I, I did it in the the Dolly. It's not, it's not not a search engine. It generates these. Images. Oh, the, in the Dolly Mini. Dolly Mini, yeah. Okay. The, the crayon. Cray. Oh, that that's one. How, how did you spell it again? C-R-A-I-Y-O-N is what it's going by now. Oh, it is Cran. Cran uh, AI. Let's see if I do Cran AI. Do I see it then? No, you, you should be able to find it with C-R-A-I-Y-O-N. I see a, a Cran.com. Let's see. Yeah, okay. Interesting. I don't know. You'll have to put it in the chat and make sure I'm getting the right one. I'm not getting there. But we might want to put that in the show notes. Yeah, well, uh, yeah but most of the artwork I've seen coming from this seems to be obsessed with Kermit the Frog. And making all sorts of Kermit the Frog shot characters with really messed up looking <laughs> eyes. I did. I did uh, on the uh, the Dolly Mini. I did dog running in the park, and those look pretty good. Except some of these, some of those dog heads. There's a lot of teeth on some of these dog heads. <laughs> yeah, they look pretty good. Yeah, so like um, you with uh, when you generate something, uh, you'll get nine images. Uh, some of them will be better than others. I I like to take out. Uh, my favorites and save them. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, um, yeah, uh, I'm so, sure uh, you can In celebration of George Ramon, I put in gay dragons. All right. And <laughs> you do get dragons making out and stuff. Interesting colorations on them. All kind of blurry and not very well detailed, but I think one yeah, picture yeah, might have... Yeah, that's why this is uh, the mini version because... Yeah. 
It's not it's not quite as powerful as the regular uh, doll. And I, I understand they've recently or they're going to uh, the the uh, the regular doll E people remove uh, their filter that uh, prevents it from making realistic faces. So that's going to cause a lot of discussion, hmm. I think, when you can just uh, and uh, the the regular doll E it's a, it had a limited release. Um, so it's uh, not as available as the the, uh, the there there are even other uh, uh, picture generating AIs that are coming out now. Uh, you're seeing just be because uh, it's proven to be a thing that people are enjoying. But uh, yeah, so like uh, the 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 implications of uh, if you could just like create any kind of image that you want with like very specific put putting very very specific terms and it'll like generate that for you. Like uh, the mini one isn't uh, isn't as good at uh, deciphering your uh, what you put into it and uh, uh, deciphering your language and what you want. So it'll often come out with weird things and it'll often have no idea what you're talking about when you put those things. So you have to kind of be a little uh, uh, playful with it and word things in different way to try to get the result that you want. And sometimes it comes up like like I just showed you with stuff that is really fucking cool. Hmm. Yeah, it's fun. So I put it in our chat. I put the Dolly Mini and then the Crayon. I, I got that. They're both in there. Is migrating. Okay, Dolly Mini is migrating to Crayon. <clears throat> is what? Is migrating to Crayon. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the same thing. Uh, the, um, the, the the guy who made uh, Dolly Mini, he based it. Uh, he like he didn't get the actual uh, uh, programming for Dolly. He just based it on... Uh, uh, their description and he programmed it up himself so it's not uh actually uh uh the same thing he just uh, just inspired by it so that that's why he's changing the name so that uh, people don't get confused and think that they're related okay sure so was this last one the uh on the safety and social impact of ai is that the one you wanted to end with or... well um uh, we we don't have to go too much into too much more uh detail about that if you don't what I wanted to end with, because uh, I wanted to uh, uh, talk about the album art uh, on okay. the show, and people can check that when they... Uh, but I think uh, we can talk about... We, we've been uh, talking a little bit uh, uh, about that. Um, and uh, It does naturally come up to talk about we'll talk about the ethics of it. I mean, I, I guess... I mean, there's a question. If you create something like this, and it becomes sentient, can you just turn it off? But that's even what we're talking about here. Even with creating these photos and stuff like that, I mean, this is creating realistic faces is an interesting idea that it won't let it do it. Um, well, does it get into who owns the copyright to the yeah, art see, created that's, by? That's it. what I was wondering. When we when you create art on this, I mean, we're not making any money, right? Um, but could you? Mm -hmm. But if we were profiting off this, would we be able to use this? I mean, that's a good question. If we would anybody be able to prove that? Uh, we uh, created that art from AI if we did, uh, if we didn't tell anybody. Because uh, the art, they, they, they don't save any of the art they create, right? They, uh, it's just created uh, once and then it's gone. So but like, but it, so is there no copyright? I mean, I don't see any of that on the on here. But it does, but it does bring up an interesting... Yeah, that, that, is, that is another one of uh, the, uh, the implications of this, especially like... Um, uh, when you start thinking, okay, uh, how if it gets this good, then um, uh, how useful are human artists, right? I mean, I, it's a good question. I don't know, right? Um, 
I don't know that I, I don't know that you ever supplant human artists though, right? I mean, maybe. I mean, what what what, what, what it depends on what you're what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, there, not... there are also like uh, implications for cyberbullying if people are able to create uh, uh, whatever images that they want. Um, and also, um, ta- talking about this, uh, there are, uh, we were we mentioned briefly about uh, biases uh, in the data going in. That's one uh, uh, big possible uh, social implication of all this. Yeah, I, it's it's, a, it's just who owns it. That is a really, I think that's yeah, a, that's a good question. Um, in this case, I mean, you can you can make the uh, you can make the case that anything this website creates that this AI creates it is owned by the creator of the AI. Yeah, but then, like we were saying, how do you prove that the AI created? If if they're not keeping track of any of this, yeah, and you can just save the images. Um, We've already uh, mentioned uh, uh, a while back. Um, uh, this person does not exist. dot com. Um, yeah, that's what that, and that one is crazy because they look like real people. How, how would you ever know? Yeah, and, and if you need clip art of just somebody standing there for something, you can t- you can take that and put that into whatever project you're working on, and nobody would be any of the wiser. Do they have a copyright there? I'm not sure, but if they did, how would they uphold it? How would they prove that uh, that uh, picture you're putting on was not made what was not taken by a photographer but made by them i don't know there could be some metadata embedded in the in the uh in the picture maybe but if you put it uh together in some sort of uh uh collage with other pictures and stuff yeah that metadata would probably be gone right potentially yeah i don't know that it's it's a it's it's a it's a good question one that kind of needs an answer i mean if if a company can find a gene and patent it, and, or they at least, and I guess they technically, because we saw it with breast cancer, right? That that gene is in somebody's body, but the way to find it is patented. It creates some issues. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have any answers. I don't have good answers. I have more questions than answers, and I think that they end up being legal questions, and and something that um, that is, you know, we're gonna have to start asking lawyers. And then, even once they have an opinion, then it's got to be tested in the courts. Yep. <laughs> and then, even then, you know, we, 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 as we've seen recently, stare decisis, even once they make a decision, they can change their mind. Yeah, because just playing around with this, there's so many images that look like the stuff I have seen at art shows. Sure. I mean, you could take it, do whatever, get rid of the metadata, but even though it just... And even though a lot of the stuff and... that's not perfect, it can be taken as like... Uh weird abstract art or uh, or like yeah. realism or something oh yeah no there's definitely uh you know if someone wants to be a lazy artist this is a great way to do it yeah well Ian, can you imagine uh if uh, uh all you had to do to get a book cover would be to like get an idea in your head of the kind of scene you want and type that in and it would just mm-hmm. make that for you oh yeah no i'd i'd love it in some degree save a lot of money and time it could, yeah. It's interesting. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't. I, well, it's going to take some time to understand the Especially with the idea that even the artist could take one of these as the starting point, and then okay, I, I can take this and then add to it, making this because I decided to put interdimensional into it. The results are actually pretty impressive and would work great for backgrounds. It, well, some of them would work great just on their own. Like, so a few of them being background. Okay, you you add some more elements to it and stuff. But I mean. 
I I could see artists using this kind of stuff as a bit of a um, shortcut. Yeah. Especially as, it, you know, you just, okay, I don't like the, the nine results they gave me. Let's run it again and see what it comes up with. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Hello? Yeah, yeah oh, so okay. and that is exactly how we think. The first thing we do with anything like this is how can people use it for um, questionable for, activity? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, of course, uh, there, there's also, uh, like, uh, if you can... Uh, I might have lost it, you guys for it. It's only a matter of time before uh, this is going to be used for porn. I mean, they, they've well, those um, kinds of things uh, out of uh, uh, these uh, applications for now, but um, you know, like and and they're like I said, they're they're trying to be responsible about it. But you know uh, that uh, there will be other entities coming out there, and they're going to put on up the things that people want. And uh, I'm betting that it won't be too long before. Uh, we're going to see all sorts of uh, offers of these kinds of image-creating utilities. Yeah. And, of course, with the logical path, it will be used for porn. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt of that. Give it time. We won't need that poser uh, you, anymore. You can't, you, you can't use uh, Dolly Mini for porn. Not currently. <laughs> so, so I've heard. <laughs> so I've, I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I did actually try it to see what would happen, but uh, no, it didn't even understand uh, the the words I was asking for, and just drew me uh, a woman. Okay, <laughs> it's all about uh, what it has uh, on input, and if the stuff that you're asking for isn't in any of the input material, yeah, exactly. Uh, it'll just, it it, it it'll has to be destroy. trained, right? Yeah, it'll it'll give its best guess. So Pornhub's version of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I, I don't think uh, there's too much more to well, probably a lot more to say about that. But uh, I'm sure there uh, is. Yeah. But I think I think we've covered uh, the main stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I, I don't. I and the, and the ramifications are are kind of broad. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I did cat in a blender. <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly good. Oh, that way everybody's silent with everybody playing with it? I think so. Have you played that card game? I don't know. I, bet, I guess on that disappointment, say goodnight, everybody. Good night. I'll be back. And that's another one in the AI can. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.